0: Welcome back to Best in the Biz, the pod talking business with College of the North Atlantic student and alumni entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Ian MacDonald, and today we're talking with Jacob Von Trask, owner and operator of Cryotherapy NL. Growing up in Grand Falls, Windsor, Jacob traveled to St. John's where he went on to study business management, specializing in marketing at CNA. Two years after schooling, Jacob founded Cryotherapy NL in St. John's, which is an advanced recovery and aesthetic center. Thanks, Jacob, for taking the time to be with us today. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Yeah, I appreciate it. All right, to get started, uh, tell us a little bit about your business and how it came about. It seems like a kind of a newer industry and a lot of people in Newfoundland and Labrador are not really familiar with it. So,
1: Yeah, so uh, to make it kind of sum it up a little bit so we're not here all day talking about it, uh, I came across cryotherapy probably five or six years ago. Uh, and it was it's very popular in the U.S. It has been for years. It's been a very uh, growing industry for a while. And I looked into it uh, more so to curiosity because obviously you think of freezing the body. I mean, that sounds kind of crazy and wacky. You never heard of it here anyway. And long story short, I identified that it just didn't quite exist here at all in Newfoundland in particular, but in Canada it had only just kind of slowly made its way over. And so fast forward to now, did all the training, certification, found the appropriate equipment to bring it over here, and we were the first uh, cryo based clinic to open in Newfoundland. And at the time when I opened, I, I was the youngest owner in the world. I don't know if I still am, if anyone younger than me has opened one somewhere else, but that was kind of a cool uh, side thing there. Yeah, that is cool. But yeah, basically we, uh, we spray dry ice on the body. That's called cryotherapy using uh, extreme cold. So at, at extreme temperatures, minus 77 Celsius to be uh, specific, which wow. s- sounds crazy, especially where we live in a, a cold area. But honestly, the, the cold wind outside feels colder than how it actually feels on the body when, when getting cryo done. But uh, we service both pain management and and cosmetics using dry ice.
0: Okay. Thanks for that explanation. So... Uh, what kind of role did CNA play with respect to your business?
1: Yeah, so one thing I really liked about the program was that it kind of covered a variety, like the, just from the business management side of it. Uh, it gave you a you know a general idea of everything from accounting, finance, marketing, business law, uh, consumer behavior, sales, and so on. Uh, so as an entrepreneur going into uh, a new business venture, but having kind of a, a general idea of all these key uh, parts of a business that, that was, I mean, that was crucial. And I wouldn't, looking back now, I wouldn't want to enter a business without having a general idea of it, at bare minimum accounting, right? Of course, everything else was kind of a bonus to it. Uh, but that program was, was key in that. And after year two or three, I kind of noticed that I, I was better at the marketing and sales side of thing. And that's the, the path I decided to go with. And yeah, I mean that, that was without having that initial year or two of doing everything, I wouldn't. I was kind of lost in terms of what direction I wanted to go. I knew it was business, but I didn't really know where. And that kind of opened opened the book up for me to be like, okay, here's what I'm here's what I'm good at, here's what I enjoy doing, and here's where I want to pursue and 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 go in that that path, right?
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. It seems like the uh, the program really helped. Yeah, so uh, it's a, it's definitely a good foundation for a lot of businesses. That's and
1: that's that's the word there. It's the foundation, and without it, I mean there's there's so many things to business and that kind of put it all in together and kind of gave you a general overview of everything so that way it kind of it made it less complicated once you were actually in there and and had an idea of all the different directions you can go with business, right in terms of building a career out of
0: it. That's right, yeah, that's great. okay, so uh, next one here, what made you become an entrepreneur? so you did touch on you know the lack of uh, the lack of industry here mm. and you saw that as an opportunity. Yeah. Uh, was it that or was there something else that really drove you to become an entrepreneur?
1: Uh, so for, for me personally, I kind of always knew even as a kid, like I, I knew eventually when that was, who knows, but I, I always knew that I wanted to do something on my own. Uh, it was, you know, I was, I wasn't a great student in school, like especially high school didn't like it. And I knew that if I could just get out of there and then, and move on from there, I would eventually be able to pursue something on my own. What that was, no idea when it would be, no idea, but I just knew that I wanted to do something on my own. I wanted to have full control over everything. And, and create a product or service that I could kind of have full control over, right? So I feel like some people, you either have it or you don't, but at the same time, you can obviously self-learn it and, and develop into someone who eventually wants to be an entrepreneur. But for me, I always knew, like I used to say to myself, one day I'll, I'll do something on my own. And this was just something that made a lot of sense. And I decided to just kind of go all in on and here we are today. We're doing pretty yeah, good.
0: That's awesome. <laughs> that's really good to hear. And uh, it seems like a lot of entrepreneurs have that mindset. You know, they, they've known from a young age that uh, that was their end goal to be an entrepreneur. Yeah, so exactly. It, uh, it seems to be a common theme for sure. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, what was the most successful small business moment you've had so far? So uh, whether it was a small win, big win, what do you think the most successful moment was? I want to say like without giving like
1: specific figures, but when we hit a particular revenue amount, um, like a five figure amount in a month, that was kind of a, a wake up moment of like, okay, this is real. Uh, this is a real business that it was, it kind of serves as a proof of concept, like the money side of it. I mean, that had nothing to do with was more. So here's a proof of concept. We know this is a business that can actually grow and scale. And it was just a huge learning moment because for the first six, seven, eight months didn't do very well, right? Because it was, it was just, it was all learning curve. And so we were kind of just seeing what was working, how clients felt about it, learning different protocols that work best for particular types of people. I mean, just strictly learning only. And then once we were able to to hit bigger revenue goals, we were able to look back and go, okay, here's what we did really, really well. Here's what we didn't do well. And then we were kind of able to shift efforts into, okay, here's a service that generated X amount of money. Obviously, we should focus more effort and attention there, more marketing dollars there, and so on, right? And once you hit that goal in the first place, it just gets easier from there, right? Like the first step is always hitting the big revenue number. Next time you do it, it's even easier. And it progressively gets easier, right? And that's the same thing for any business. Any major entrepreneur will tell you making a $1 million is 10 times harder than making $10 and so on. So it even works at a little smaller scale for small business, right? Yeah, that's right, yeah. Yeah, that was, once we did that once, I was able to identify everything that we were doing wrong the past eight months within a couple hours of just kind of sitting down looking at the numbers. And from there, it it was smooth sailing.
0: That's great. I think that's something that a lot of uh, small business owners need to do. They kind of need to, uh, you know, once they're up and running and they realize that, you know, some things are more profitable than others, they transition quickly. And I think that's something you need to do as a small business owner to really be successful.
1: Yeah. And like I did something a little bit different. Uh, I was very patient in the beginning and I let it grow very slowly. And luckily I was in a position where I could, I could live off not making a lot initially, but it, that allowed me to not quickly grow and expand too fast that where kind of, it could screw things up and complicate things. So we went really slow and then we could kind of see trends of, okay, here's a direction we need to start shifting towards and eventually when you start hitting those, those bigger numbers, you go, okay, we were right, now let's go all in on, on what's working and, and kind of shift less effort away from what wasn't working or what's not kind of impacting the business enough to, to warrant putting dollars there and putting time and effort into, yep.
0: right? makes total sense. Yeah. Good stuff. Want to learn more about business planning? Stream our pre-recorded business planning workshop series on our website, www.cna.nl.ca slash entrepreneurship. Ted Cadigan, Senior Business Consultant at the YMCA of Newfoundland and Labrador, outlines how to write your business plan, identify and engage your customer base, establish a social media presence, and more. Explore more services at ymcanl.com. Thank you, TED and Y M C A N L for your partnership. Okay. Uh, next question. What advice would you give an inspiring entrepreneur?
1: Yeah. Advice. Uh, you know, what I, I wanted to answer this in a way that looking back myself too, because I, you know, I did a, a key mistake in the beginning and I think a lot of Aspiring entrepreneurs probably do the same, and that's overcomplicating the process of just starting something. I think a lot of people they kind of focus on being innovative and trying to build something new and create the newest thing, but in reality, like that's it's a lot harder said than done, and it's not always the most effective way to do it. Like most successful people I know are in, are generally boring businesses. Like business isn't always sexy. Fact of the matter is it's not, and it doesn't have to be to be successful. Uh, and understanding the concept of you can enter a crowded industry that has a lot of competition, but if you can find a way to serve a customer better and beat the competition in one way or another, you'll have a successful business. And do you want me to elaborate that for like my? Yeah, sure. I, I certainly can. Sure. Uh, so for me, someone who doesn't understand that concept of, of just entering a crowded space but doing something better might look at my industry, let's say just the cosmetic world and, and medical spa world, for example. Like there's lots of those offered here in the Avalon. And some looking down, they'd be like, well, that's a really crowded space. Why would you enter a competitive space like that that has so much competition? These places already have brands established. Their name is out there. They have all the advertising all over the news and media-wise, they're covered. Tons of reviews everywhere. Like It seems like a a dangerous place to enter as a first-time entrepreneur in in a a brick-and-mortar type space, right? But for me, I looked at it as, okay, clearly all these places exist for a reason. There's clearly a demand for these type of services. What can I do to win over customers from there and bring them here. So for for me in my office, it was, okay, let's find new technology that no one else here has. And that's the first thing we did. And because it was new technology, we were able to do three things better than competition essentially, which was uh, one, it was safer and more effective. Right. So from a health and safety perspective, we can take out and minimize risks associated with other services and, and competitors that exist. And for a lot of people, they'll prioritize the health and safety because when it comes to the body. Exactly. That's priority. So that's right? people want. Yeah, exactly. So you have to take that seriously. Uh, the second thing was, again, where it's new, we could do sessions much faster than competition. So you don't have to write off an entire afternoon to come into the office. You, you know, in some cases, I've had clients in the office in less than 10 minutes. Wow. Like, it's that fast. So again, from a time perspective, we're saving you a whole bunch of time. That alone can win business, right? And then the third and final thing was, you know, with our device that we brought in specifically, we had no contract obligations where we had to set a minimum price. Yep. A lot of the competitors, the manufacturers of their devices that they have tell them they have to charge X. They can't go below a specific price, yep. which essentially forces them to charge thousands and thousands of dollars, right? For us, we didn't have that. I could charge as low or high as I want, so that gives us more price flexibility to compete on price, right? So we hit three major things, which was uh, time of, of the device, the health and safety of it, and then the actual price of it, right? It's a no-brainer. You can't compete exactly. And again, the other part of it too is like with the new technology, we're able to ensure that we had all the the rights to it, so no one else could come in and enter the same space, right? So we know That's that huge. any new competition that comes in, they're probably using. Um, you know, inferior devices and technology, again, you're not going to compete there because people want to prioritize the health and safety of it in the first place. Right. So it was uh, for us, that's, that's what we focus on. And as a good, like to, for an entrepreneur, I'll, your biggest goal is just to, to find an industry that's working, that's growing and figure out how you can serve it better. And right. so I, in the beginning, I used to just sit there and try and write all these crazy ideas and think that I had to be the next, like Elon Musk and creating all these new things. But reality, I, that's not realistic, find something that works and just do it better. Right. And, yeah. and that's what we did.
0: That's some great advice. I got to say, um, I, I like how you touched on the three big things there. Um, yeah. you know, like the time, the safety and and the price. I mean, when you're looking for a service or a product, those gotta be some mm-hmm. of the th- three biggest things you're going to be looking for yeah. when you're, when you're buying something.
1: And again, honestly, most service based businesses in particular, if you can do one of those things better, you'll likely have build a successful business, right? Completely I mean, agree. If you can hit all even more than that, like that's it's extra. And luckily we were we, we were in a position with the technology we had that we could do those things. But let me just say, if you can find one thing to do it better, you'll probably be just
0: fine. Yeah, that's great. Um to tie into the next couple questions here, we have a couple questions from Evan Miles who's actually a business consultant at the YMCA of Newfoundland and Labrador, uh, one of our close project partners. So it ties into kind of the technology. He has a couple of questions with uh, cryotherapy. So the first one, in your experience, how effective is cryotherapy for people who have been experiencing pain for months and years versus people who are using it as a part of the injury recovery process?
1: Yeah, so um, we'll just kind of separate the, the two first and kind of just go one at a time. Uh, look, anything that's inflammation related, everyone knows cold works, right? I mean, it's it's not a new concept that, you know, if you uh, if you bump up and, and break up your knee and you all of a sudden you have swelling and pain in your knee, a doctor's going to tell you continue to ice it, right? Cryotherapy is just taking standard icing and taking it up a notch using technology, right? So now instead of putting an ice pack on your knee, we can use localized cryo, which is not only much colder. Uh, it... Effectiveness is like an ice pack times a 1,000, right? So to to make it in really easy terms, we're basically just taking existing uh, knowledge in terms of cold and ice therapy, and we're just using new technology to to do that in a a much greater way, right? That's really interesting. So, you know, when I tell clients and they come in, they're asking questions uh, about their pain, I say, look, if you have pain and inflammation there, you can do cryo safely, right? Now, of course, we have like a list of contraindications we make sure um, clients are clear of, but as long as you don't have those... What's great about Cryo is that you can do it safely and it's not going to make things worse. It's only going to make things better, right? Worst case scenario, it's not an effective treatment for you. That's okay. You can walk of the office. You're just fine. You're not going to go backwards, right? Uh, so, I mean, we've had people come in the office with dozens and dozens and dozens of different conditions. Most common I see in the office is arthritis. Uh, and that was the first thing that stood out when I was looking into the industry was uh, clients and, and just case studies of clients using some form of cold therapy, whether it be localized or like full body submersion for the goal of reducing inflammation caused by arthritis, right? So uh, that probably makes up 80% of the pain management related clients we have come in the office. Uh, Best case scenario, though, when someone's unsure if it's going to be effective for them, I say, look, speak to your, you know, your physio, your chiro, your massage therapist. They understand the benefits of icing. If they would approve you to do icing on the on the area. You'll be fine for cryo because again, it's just doing icing, but we're just we're taking it up a notch and using it in a faster, more effective way.
0: Perfect. I think that uh, that definitely answers that question. You did have a follow up here. Uh, what parts of the body benefit the most from cryotherapy? Is it more effective, you know, for the smaller muscle groups or the larger muscle groups? At this
1: point, I think I've almost treated probably ninety percent of the body. So okay, literally yeah. from the neck down, we've treated. I mean, even in the head, like we we treat migraines and 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 headaches with. Uh, with cryo as well. But the most common uh, areas that I see people getting treated and at least in returning customers come back because obviously it works for them are probably the knees, shoulders, the elbows. So the the main areas where at least arthritis for the most part seems to set in and lower back's included in that as well. Uh, but again, I've literally treated everything from the hands, the fingers, the wrists, uh, the elbows, the biceps. I mean, anywhere that that has inflammation and you're, you're dealing with pain, cryo has been effective. I think the most... Uh, effective area I've seen, though, in terms of just strictly based on client feedback, being like, yep, I felt really good for X amount of time is probably the knees. And it also seems like that's the most common area where people actually get pain, right? I mean, everyone complains when the roll. you hear guys complaining about <laughs> and women complaining about their knee pain. So oh, yeah. it kind of goes hand in hand, right? Yeah. But yeah, we've, we've treated everywhere. I've, I've never had an area that was noticeably not effective. Uh, it's more so just, it's based on the condition itself that's causing the pain and also the person. Like, people are all different, right? And and pain is all different. Even if someone matches the same symptoms as someone else, there could be two completely different outliers that are causing it. Right. So it's not our job to identify that. It's just simply to treat it and if it works, awesome. If not, then we'll just have to find a new, you know something new to try.
0: Right. Right. Okay, good stuff. Okay, so that's it for the questions. Uh, thanks, Jacob, for answering those and uh, thanks, Evan, for submitting the questions. Uh, so... Uh wanted to thank you again for being here today. Yeah. Uh, would you like to share your socials so the audience can get in touch? Yeah, you can find us uh, on
1: both Facebook and Instagram at cryonl, uh, website's www.cryonl.ca and you can email us directly at info at cryonl.ca and yeah, I think that covers everything. That's where we're at, but we don't go past Facebook and Instagram for the most part.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Uh, is there anything else you wanted to add to, uh, to the podcast today?
1: I'm happy to, to come in and kind of share a bit of value. I I think my story is a little bit unique in, in terms of uh, building something that didn't exist here yet and kind of taking a risk on it. But it's it's been a really cool uh, learning curve, starting it from literally nothing and, and building into something now. And I look forward to uh, employing more people and continue to expand and impact more people.
0: Fantastic. I really appreciate that. All right. So that's a wrap for the episode today, folks. Uh, Thank you for tuning in to Best in the Biz, CNA's entrepreneurship podcast. Leave a review if you like today's episode and keep up to date with all new episodes on our website at www.cna.nl.ca slash entrepreneurship and on all major streaming services at Best in the Biz, CNA.